1: Learn more at marines.com. we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and
0: Pro Football Hall of Famer, the
1: General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. It is a Sunday evening. It's the Utopia Football Podcast following... A 20 to 1 to 19 loss in Atlanta. The Houston Texans big missed opportunity today in the ATL. They lose on a last second field goal. And we're here to break it all down for you here on a week five Sunday as we um, as we are br- we're recording this just a few hours after the game has ended. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast Sports Radio 610. Joined as always by the Hall of Famer, my good friend and our senior columnist at sportsradio610.com, John McLean. Uh, John, I guess this is, the fir- this is the first actual close game the Texans have played in this year. The other four games have all been blowouts. So, um, they- it was cool to see C.J. Stroud do his thing and take the lead for the Texans. Unfortunately, this is kind of a familiar thing. We saw this with Deshaun Watson all the time, where he would take a lead late in the game and then the defense wouldn't be able to hold it. And that was kind of the story of the game today, John, I thought, is they shut down the run game just fine, but who saw this coming from Desmond Ritter today?
0: That kind of thing happens when you're missing three of your cornerbacks and you're not getting any sacks, even though they got some good pressure. But it's the first time they've showed when you're missing. Uh, we knew Stingley's going to be out in then Tavier Thomas, Shaquille Griffin, who played very well. So they're missing those guys and having to play guys who, a couple of them should be on a practice squad. And unless they're going to force turnovers, strip sacks, not just recovering fumbles. But, boy, the offense played bad. Running game was pathetic. They couldn't score in the red zone, couldn't move the ball on third down. Third down had been Stroud's best down, but certainly not the Falcons. They made Desmond Ritter look like Matt Ryan in his MVP season.
1: Yeah, and it was the tight ends that did a lot of the damage, John. I know we talk about the corners that they're missing right now, but really it was the tight ends that did a majority of the damage. Now, on the final drive, it was Drake London. He He had three catches on that final drive that the Falcons were able to engineer the tight ends. I don't know if you've seen the numbers, John, for the tight ends. I've got them in front of me here for oh, the Falcons. Yeah. 14 catches for 176 yards by the Falcon tight ends today. So not having the, not having your full complement of corners was certainly the issue. And may, who knows, maybe Tavier Thomas as a slot corner winds up on those tight ends at times, but man, I don't know if it's because they were playing a soft zone or if they were, co- I got to go back and watch and see if there were coverage issues with the linebackers. But I feel like if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm going, this is why we got Kyle Pitts with the fourth pick a couple of years ago. It was one of those games today.
0: First time he's added, they've been thinking, why is he not going to get the ball? And Ritter, they're ready to run him out of town. They're going to feel good about him. The quarterback Houston loves, the quarterback Atlanta hates, and the quarterback Atlanta hated outplayed. The quarterback Houston loves something terrible because Stroud couldn't get but one touchdown on the board. And then the defense – Allowed scoring drives all through the fourth quarter. I believe 181 yards in the fourth quarter, 200 and a bunch of yards, maybe 276 on the last four. When I'm into that fumble, but the defense just cratered. Still, the defense played well enough to win that game. It was the offense that screwed it up.
1: They did. They they did, and yet they couldn't get off the field. The only time the Falcons. The only time the Falcons got got off the field were because of their own mistakes. You know, they had they had two drives in the first half, John, where they were in field goal range, and then penalties pushed them out of field goal range. You know, so they were, they had short punts. Um, the first was a false start penalty pushed them out of field goal range, and then uh, a, a, just a really silly, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty pushed them out of field goal range. And then, and and then you had the the, the two turnovers to start the second half. I just think. Ev- It's funny because if you had told me before the game that the Falcons would run for under 100 yards and they'd average under three yards a carry and Desmond Ritter threw for 329 yards, I would have said, well, the Texans win that game by two touchdowns because it means you shut down the Falcons running game, which we know they want to do. They want to play bully ball with you. And Ritter's probably piling up yards because he's down by two touchdowns and they're playing from behind. They won this game because of Desmond Ritter when we all thought they would lose this game because of Desmond Ritter.
0: Completed 75% of his passes, and yep. he earned chairs there. Although he's still unbeaten at home. As he's good daughter, at home. He's very good he's never good at home. had a game like that.
1: No, no, he's not. He's not. John, before we get to stock up and stock down, um, some interesting results from around the league today I just wanted to touch on with you before we got to stock up and stock down for this game. Because some of it impacts the Houston Texans. <clears throat> One is their opponent next week, the New Orleans Saints, is coming in on a high they destroyed the New England Patriots today, 34 to nothing. This Patriots season, John, is going to be fascinating to watch because there is nothing on that roster right now that suggests that they're going to be getting any better anytime soon. You know, it's not like they're missing a good quarterback or a big playmaker or whatever. They're I mean, they've lost some guys for sure, but losing 34 nothing at home, this has got to be – I would imagine, John, I don't know what the first season of Belichick looked like, Back in 2000, I just know they went 5-11. and 11. This has to be the lowest point for the Patriots easily, right, since Tom Brady got there in 2001.
0: Well, even in his first year of 2000, they didn't lose back-to-back games like this. Like this. The worst and its next worst loss of his career. They're going to be in a conversation for one of those top quarterbacks, and they certainly need him because it looks like Mac Jones is out of there. Benched again. Bailey Zappi was awful. Both of them were awful. Imagine how it'd be if they hadn't gotten one of the greatest – Offensive minds in history, Bill O'Brien, to come in there and tutor them.
1: They would have scored negative seven today, John. Bill (laughs) O'Brien wasn't the offensive. There's a lot
0: of teams. My favorite game today was watching the Broncos lose to the Jets. I was going to go there, John. Let's go there. I don't care about that game at all, other than the fact karma is a bitch and nobody's finding it out more than Sean Payton after he blasted Nathaniel Hackett, who's offensive coordinator of the Jets. He played it down all week. And his time was running out. It's 31 21. Everybody, coaches, players, everybody is hugging Hackett. I've never seen an assistant coach get that many hugs while a game's going on. And Peyton, you know, you talk about having egg on your face and having to eat some crow. That's what he gets for being so classless and saying that Hackett had one of the. Worst coaching jobs in history. Well, Hackett certainly could say that about Peyton this season.
1: Absolutely, and probably say it about Peyton today for sure. And Russell Wilson with the fumble, the strip sack fumble, to cough up the final touchdown for the Jets. he's he's, Russell Wilson's trying to drive for the tying field goal, and he gets stripped of the ball, fumbles. The Jets scoop it up and take it in for a touchdown to win the final margin. I guess the final margin, 31-21. I've... Once it was 31-21 with under a minute left, I started getting ready for our podcast here. So, yeah, I'm super interested in that. Hey, look, those are two teams that the Texans actually play in back-to-back weeks later on this year as well. The Broncos in week 13, I believe, and the Jets in week 14. So, um, so in addition to the schadenfreude of getting to watch Sean Payton be miserable, those are two teams that the Texans are going to see later this year. We mentioned the Saints. John, two other teams that we know that they're going to see um, – later this year one of them twice the other one in week 18 are the titans and the colts and that's the other game i wanted to touch on um the colts beating the titans today so the afc south has two three and two teams two two and three teams i think the big story out of that game though john anthony richardson left again with an injury this is the third game in the first five weeks of the season that he has not been able to start and finish
0: gardner Minshew came off the bench just like he did at nrg stadium he played well Helped them win that game. Jonathan Taylor looked like a guy who hadn't carried the ball since midway through last season. Zach Moss, who replaced Taylor, and there's no way they're going to be able to bench Moss the way he's playing. He was fantastic. And the Titans couldn't run the ball again, and when they can't run the ball, they're going to lose. And I think right now it looks like that Richardson might be out uh, some time on this one. If Minshew's the quarterback, they got a chance to stay right up there with the Jaguars. Isn't it amazing, Sean? Jaguars get pummeled by the Texans. Then they kill Atlanta, beat Buffalo. The Steelers get pummeled by the Texans, and they come back and beat Baltimore after winning two in a row. And then the Texans, Texans have proved they can win blowouts, but they proved at least today they can't win a close game.
1: You know what's interesting about that, John, is Seth was the first one to bring this up, is that when D'Amico came in, in January, February, whenever he was hired. And he talked about the style of football he wanted to play and how physical he wanted to be and how and and we, all you had to do is watch the San Francisco defenses that he was coordinating, they were super physical. You know, the swarm thing is real, um the kill zone real. Those are all things. The the 49ers opponents last year lost every single week following playing the 49ers. They were 0 and 15, I think. Um, in the the opponents that played them, they had to play somebody else the following week. They were 0-15 the week after they played the 49ers, and there's a lot that probably goes into that. Some of it's probably coincidence, but certainly I would think that at least a portion of it is, man, we're beat up after playing this 49er team. I'm not saying the Texans don't play a physical brand of defense. They're not the 49ers, obviously, yet, we hope. Um, but I do think there may be something to – those two games like Jacksonville, the one thing I saw John with Doug Peterson and Mike Tomlin in their press conferences, then Monday after losing to the Texans was like shock. You know, there was a, there was a shock and there was a, like a wake up call aspect, especially Tomlin who was very open about, we got to make some changes. We got to play more physical. They practiced in pads this week. It's funny. I, I don't know that there'll be the same effect in the one loss column because of the physicality of the Texans but I think the Texans are a better team than people thought. And I certainly think they snuck up on Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. And maybe some of that dynamic is the Texans are providing at least early in the season when there's maybe still not a lot of belief in them around the league. Is it's like a wake up calling, like, man, we just got blown out by the Texans. <laughs> like we got to get back to business here.
0: Well, that means the Falcons are going to lose this next game.
1: Maybe so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they didn't lose in the embarrassing fashion though, that the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Steelers, I mean, the Texans embarrassed both of those teams, you know, this Absolutely. is at least a, at least a little competitive. um. So, John, let's get to our stock up, stock down then for this game. We dug into the big picture performance in this game. Obviously, disappointment, missed opportunities. Now let's get a little more specific. And I, we usually do mostly Texans on here, but if we want to mix in an Atlanta person or two. There's no rules. It's just me and you here talking, John. So we do four stock up and four stock down uh, to cite the uh, good performances and bad performances. Uh, in the NFL today and John you as always go first
0: I'm gonna start with a group the run blocking which was absolutely dreadful well,
1: we're going stock up first John oh stock, stock up stock that's up right first, never yeah. mind never mind you scared uh, me for a second when you were doing yeah. stock up I'm gonna start with the run blocking I'm like oh boy. I'm gonna
0: start with a pass protection not okay. only did CJ Stroud not get sacked for the third game in a row and that's the first time in Texans history the quarterback has gone three games in a row without getting sacked and he only got hit twice. And so the pass protection with Laramie Tunsell returning at left tackle, and Titus Howard being placed at left guard was very, very good. But the problem was they played a lot of two-deep coverage and they couldn't throw the ball down the field. And uh, then when you lose Tank Dell, and then they had taken Nico Collins out of the game, it was hard for him to throw the ball, so he utilized Dalton Schultz, but the tackle. The pass protection was exemplary.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was really, really good. Um, it's disappointing they weren't able to run the football a little bit better. I'm anxious to go back and watch and see how Titus Howard played at left guard. John, do you think that this is? I mean, look, they. I'm trying to think of who they get back on the offensive line. And Josh Jones didn't play today. He was on the inactive list, so he's still presumably maybe injured, but not injured enough to put on injured reserve. So he, I would imagine, will be back soon. Is there anything that you see that would lead them to going with different combinations of offensive line or for the first time this year against New Orleans, do you think we see the same five guys out there? Because it sounds like they came out of this game healthy at least.
0: I'm not going to tell you until we get to our stock down.
1: Well, there you go. All right. I like that, John. Leave a, leave a little bit on the plate for the stock down buffet. <laughs> Gladly. I will let you do that. Okay, sounds good. Um, my, I'm, You know who I'm going with the stock up, John? And you just kind of you made me think of this just now. I'm gonna go Tank Dell, and here's why. Um, first of all, when he was in there, he he made a couple catches, including the catch that really kind of gave them the chunk play that they needed to get those three points before the half. It was a great catch. Unfortunately, that was a play that that he got hurt on. I I think we got a taste, John, in the second half of this football game as to just how important Tank Dell is to this offense. He he is somebody whose skill set, he's got a he's he's got a a definite ability to make catches in the medium part of the field, you know, kind of the short to intermediate part of the field, catch and run. But he'd been a big deep threat for this team too, or at least you know, the, he, cashing in in the Jacksonville game. But at least the threat of Tankdale down the field. I think some of the def- some of the offense getting into the muck that it got into, other than the last drive of the game, where they really leaned heavily on Damian Pierce on that last drive of the game. Um, I think a lot of their inability to get things done. Had to do with Tank Dell not being there to kind of clear out that middle part of the field for um, for Nico Collins and, and, and Robert Wood. So it's really to me, it's it's pretty remarkable. We're talking about a third round rookie who doesn't fit the NFL prototype in any way, shape or form. He's small, really small. Um, but I, I think I think he's become kind of a, a very, very key part of this offense early in the season. And oddly enough, that was on display in not having him out there in the second half of this football game. So I'm going to give him a stock up right now uh, for how the Texans played without him on Sunday.
0: That's going to be bad because he's not going to play against the Saints. And that's going to change the strategy. Why do you can... say that, John? Why do you say every time they lose a guy to concussion, he never comes back the next game.
1: Eric Murray came back the next game. Did he? Yep. Okay, well, yep. I'm gonna say
0: he's not coming back. Okay, and uh,
1: no, I and I'm with you. I, they never come back in the game. That's the thing. Like, no, for I'm sure. talking about the next week. I know yeah. you are. No, I, I know. can't
0: think anybody else other than you mentioned Eric Murray. Murray's so the only so, one. Yep, same. I, and there might be somebody else. So I'll yeah. say generally they yeah. don't come back. And and uh, and that you're right. I hadn't thought about that. But everything goes on with those other guys. I was with him, and then I'll have another game breaker, which is going to be one of their needs in all season. Cause I'm feeling Robert Woods is going to be a one and done. And, um, but, uh, anyway, my next one is going to be uh, Dalton Schultz last two games. He looks like he's had a, a developing a really good relationship on the field with CJ Stroud and he had I think seven or eight catches a day he had the touchdown, their only touchdown. Had a couple of big third down catches, but for the first time these last two weeks, he looks like a guy that they that's worth the nine million dollars. And now we know why they went out because when they couldn't throw the wideouts, they started finding uh, Schultz.
1: Seven catches, sixty-five yards. His most productive day as a Houston Texan. We had him on the post-game show today, John. Um, and I'll tell you what I liked about Dalton Schultz unlike a lot of the guys we've gotten on the post game show after losses the last couple of years, he seemed to take it really hard. The loss, like he, he seemed like genuinely pissed off about losing the game. Good game today. Yeah. Well, and we, and I'm not here to say like guys we've had on the post game show don't care about winning or whatever, but I, I do think there's been this sort of resignation over the last couple of years that like, well, this team's just bad and if we're losing it doesn't really matter and i think that's been i think that has been reflected with some of the players that's what disappointed me honestly about some of the rookies they would bring in who are great players and really intense players but they didn't seem like losing hurt enough after these games um and to to do an interview today with dalton schultz who seemed legitimately peeved that they lost a game a, a game that was so winnable john you know so many opportunities that that the defense specifically gave to the offense and he brought that up. He's like, man, the defense gave us the ball twice in the second half and we came away with three points total on those, on those plays. You know, if you count the, the two, the two punts at the end of the, of the, at the end of the first half where the defense was able to hold the Falcons from even attempting a field goal, they only cashed in on three points from both of those two with pretty good, you know, with, with decent field position. So, um, so anyways, I, uh, I like the fact that, uh, that Dalton Schultz, if part of signing him is the veteran influence, I know part of it is that he can catch the football, but if part of it too is just the kind of the, the veteran influence that he brings, if the influence that he brings is he's pissed off after this game, I liked hearing that today.
0: I think everybody likes him. He comes from a winning team in the Cowboys, and they're getting more and more comfortable with him.
1: Yep. All right. Last one for stock up. Let's go Texans run defense, John. It's not been good for most of the season, and it was actually really, really good today against uh, Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Um, They ran those two guys almost the same number of times today. Uh, Bijan Robinson, I know he scored the touchdown on the little shovel pass down near the goal line. He was largely a non-factor today, though, John, Bijan Robinson. I thought the Texans did a good job. Uh, Maybe give a mini stock up within this stock up for Khalil Davis for forcing the fumble by Bijan Robinson. And while we're at it, give a mini stock up within a stock up to Dylan Horton for jumping on that ball. Good to see a couple guys at the back of the rotation Creating a play like that for you. Khalil Davis is actually Khalil Davis has been good since training camp. When he didn't make the team, I was kind of I was not shocked because he was a street guy that they brought in. But I do feel like when Khalil Davis is on the field, he 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 shows up more than your average fringe roster guy. And that was cool to see him make a play today.
0: He did that in preseason. Remember, he yeah. might have been their best defensive lineman. He got a lot of playing time, but yep. I like him. I hope he stays, I hope he stays on the roster.
1: I do too. So I think they, I think they did a good job. Hopefully that bodes well, John, for next week because Alvin Kamara had a pretty good game today for the new Orleans
0: saints. Yeah. Saints, Derek Carr looked good. They ran the ball. Well, they looked like the team everybody picked to win the uh, NFC South.
1: Yep. All right. Let's do a little stock down, John, four stock down. You go first.
0: The offensive line and the run blocking. It was awful. Now, uh, C.J. Stroud said they stacked the deck. They had everybody in the box. Well, if that's the case, you ought to be able to throw the ball down the field. But he said they couldn't because they're playing two deep coverage, Tampa two, and then playing uh, quarters and three deep coverage. And it looked like they kind of confused them with what they were doing. But still, it's ridiculous for Damian Pierce to to end up, even though he had one good drive, he had a 15-yard run. You take that out, and he averaged – like 2.1 yards of carry last yeah. year. He averaged 4.3. So it looks to me like some, Bobby slow system is not working for these linemen and running backs. Now maybe they'll figure it out, but they can't all have in the worst offense I've ever seen last year, be so much better at running a ball than they are this year. And Damien Pierce, of course was fabulous till he got hurt. So I don't think all of a sudden he's become a bad back. They just don't, have the run blocking. They got it a little bit against the Steelers. What was it, like 134 yards, but they still yeah. didn't average four yards of carry. And I think their average per carry is the worst in the NFL. So Gotta the be. run blocking was awful.
1: Do you think John, what do you think about Damian's style of running in what they're trying to do offensively here and and get that 49er system put in place people
0: always the run when that system was put in here by gary kubiak and you you get the ball you take one step and you go you go and you find the hole immediately and it's supposed to be there and the linemen are going in one direction and then they get out on the second level and try to hit somebody and yeah i'm guessing there's an adjustment period but think about when Denver and Mike Shanahan used it and Kubiak was the offensive coordinator. They had a different 1,000-yard rusher every year, and those guys came out of nowhere. And so far, it just hasn't worked. Maybe they'll stick with it. But, man, it was painful watching them send Pierce into the line for one-yard gain, and twice they tried to, for whatever reason, Slowick tried to go to the right, once with Pierce, once with Tank Dell, five- and six-yard losses. It was just terrible.
1: Yeah, it was bad. Those runs to the right. I don't get it. And then you did you see the look on CJ's face when they ran it, where they, they ran that play on the last drive? <laughs> that was the last yeah. play before
0: the two-minute warning. <laughs>
1: that was the first time I've ever seen CJ as a Texan where I'm like, I think he's kind of mad at the coaches right now. Yeah, it <laughs> sure looked
0: like it, and he should have yeah. been. Everybody, everybody was. There that one drive where they start off and they run Pierce twice, and then they put Stroud in a third and five situation or whatever it was, they put a lot of pressure on Stroud since they can't run the ball.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, and it's gonna stay that way. I, I don't think all of a sudden they magically start running the ball against the Saints next week. I just think it's this might be a might be a long-term fix. John, my first stock down after I just gave love to the defensive front for doing what they did in the run game, I'm gonna do a stock down <laughs> on their inability to hear, <laughs> on their inability to pick up cadence, on their you inability. Hold your water. I'm sorry. I stole your great man.
0: Stink alike. Yeah.
1: What Four is going on? I have never seen a defensive line jump more, John. They looked like, you know, when you have a dog and you have a tennis ball in your hand and you fake the throw and the dog goes running like 50 <laughs> feet before they realize like, Oh, you didn't throw it. Did you? And you can do that with the dumbest of dogs. You can do that for a good couple of hours before they figure it out. The Texans were the dumbest of dogs with, uh, with the, with, the uh, with Desmond Ritter's cadence. I don't know what it was about his cadence, but, but boy, they sure did want to jump and go give him a big hug or something or go sack him. But that was that was among the more ridiculous things that I've ever seen the Houston Texans, the number of times that they got pulled off sides in the first half of that football game.
0: I believe four of their six penalties came on encroachment.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it was four different guys. It was for, you know, it wasn't the same culprit. There was a there was a Sheldon Rankins jump off sides, there was a Khalil Davis, there was a Jonathan Grenard. And I'm probably, did Heinisch have one? I think Heinisch may have had, he, I know he's had one before. No, Heinisch had one. He did. He had one. Um, so, because uh, I remember saying, um, if you're Kurt Heinisch, you can't be jumping off sides, okay? If you're you know, if you're Will Anderson, you can't, because you'll probably make a play somewhere to make <laughs> up for it. But Big Heine, you can't be jumping off sides like that. We need you to stay on the team, because we like saying Big Heine. Stock down on the defensive lineman getting suckered in by Desmond Ridd- Ritter's uh, cadence. What's your next one, John?
0: Pass coverage. They made Desmond Ritter look great. Maybe he will be great from now on, but people were so frustrated with him. The way he'd been throwing the ball, they were all a run-oriented team with Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, and then he comes up there and just embarrasses them. You mentioned the stats earlier about how they got burned by the tight ends, and uh, their pass coverage was just awful, and it had been pretty good. You know, they're they're rating, and uh, Stephen Nelson has been fantastic, but they, they just didn't have it today, and a lot of those guys were running open. I know they played a lot of zone. They were finding those spots, and it, you just can't let Desmond Ritter look like a first-team all-pro quarterback, but they did.
1: Yep, they sure did. Um, on the last drive, John, it was a 10-play drive. The only third down on that entire drive on the Falcons' last drive was one that they intentionally got into because they're just kneeling at the end of the game to set up the, the, wow. uh, to set up, uh, uh, the, I forget the kickers, uh, young, 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 Ho, Koo, young, young, Ho, Koo. young, 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 uh, to set up the field goal at the end. That was the only third down they had. It was the, you go back and look at the drive chart for that drive, John, the last drive for the winning field goal. It's like first and 10, second and four, first and 10, second and five, first and 10, second and five. It's like it, they're just getting nice little chunks on first down, and then Desmond Ritter's just dunking it to, to Drake London or one of the tight ends to move the chains. It was That was the most frustrating part for me, John, is I knew it was coming. When they got the ball back, the Texans with six minutes to go, I turned to Clint Sterner, who I was watching the game with, and our boss, Parker. We were watching the game up here at the station, and I said they need to find a way to make this a six-minute touchdown drive because if they give the Falcons the ball back with anything more than A minute left and the Falcons having timeouts, they're going to make, they're going to march down the field and get into a field goal range. And they have a good field goal kicker, you know, field goal range for them is different than it is for other teams. They have a good field goal kicker. So that, that was a frustrating thing to me is it was one of those games. Like I can see exactly how this is going to go. This is how it's going to go. The Texans, I think, I think they, I think they're going to drive down there, give themselves a chance, but if they do score, the Falcons are going to come back and win this thing.
0: That was frustrating. My column on SportsRadio610.com is about all the things they did poorly. Yep. And we've covered them all, and yet they still came close to winning the game. At some point, they'll win close games like that. I don't know if it's going to be this season or next season. And you hope this doesn't start a losing streak. But, boy, they wasted a chance to win three in a row for the first time since 2018.
1: I'm going to go stock down for the last one, John, on the coaches. I'm going to throw Bobby Sloak and D'Amico Ryans in the same one here. Just uh, D'Amico, because I thought he set the tone early in the game that this wasn't going to be the usual aggressive kind of game when he on fourth and one he decided to kick a field goal there instead of you – know, he decided to take the points instead of go for it on fourth and one when it feels like – in the NFL now, John, even bad teams always go for it on fourth and one because you're supposed to be able to at least go get a yard. And we saw later in the game them go for it on fourth down and or at least on a short yarded situation and they used see it was a third down third and one but they used uh they used the QP sneak they ran with CJ was perfect where he just took a couple steps to the left and went through that gap when everybody was kind of crowding over the center right there you can't run that in the first quarter you know to try to go get fourth and one so I thought the tone was set that they weren't as aggressive as they normally were I think we saw some of that in the play calling too and I'll throw Slowick in there because look the the lack of execution on third down 4 for 13 the lack of execution in the red zone 1 for 3 has to fall at somebody's feet and i feel like today it was more coaching than the rookie quarterback so that's my stock down this was this was a i don't know what you gave them on the report card for coaching today john but today i'm not i'm not saying it's an f i'm just saying it's stock down because the stock had been a bull stock the last two weeks it was going through the roof and it's it's taken a couple steps back that's all
0: I was very surprised. D'Amico was asked about it afterward, and he said, well, we want to make sure we got points there. I guess he didn't want to go for it because he knows how bad the offensive line is run blocking. On the other hand, I would come up on fourth and one and spread them out. I'd have three wides tied in in the slot, one back, and uh, I would feel a lot better if Damian Pierce was running like that in that situation or Stroud was keeping it. I also would like to see him – Fake it to Pierce and have him roll out. They have Stroud roll out with the option of, say, on the boot, like have the option to run uh, in a short yardage situation like that or throw a short, safe pass. But they didn't do it.
1: Yep, they did not. All right. So the Texans lose 21 to 19 today. It's the Saints up next. We've got a couple episodes coming later this week, a day later than normal, just because. Um, I've got some stuff going. I've got a charity golf tournament I'm playing in the day that we normally record on Tuesday. So we're going to go Wednesday, Friday this week for the episodes. Uh, mailbag episode on Wednesday, Mailbag at gmail.com. So we'll do that on Wednesday. Get your questions in. I'm sure this is the type of game that generates a lot of that mailbag type of chatter. So step it up, people. mailbag at gmail.com. And then we'll preview the Saints game hardcore on Wednesday. Uh, on Friday. John, we got to get out of here because there is a uh, there's a baseball playoff game really? starting well, in nine seconds. Realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should watch it. It's good. This Astros team, John, you should you should take a gander at them sometimes. Sometimes they're I, good. I think
0: I will. That's a good thing that, yeah, you're right. Thanks Did for the recommendation.
1: You, Joe, kidding aside, was yesterday the day that you went to the uh to the uh the, the little center field kiosk yep. out there.
0: Yeah. We were out How there was with it? Gary and Kelly Orn. It's great. They loved it. Uh, You're out there, you get food right there, you get a restroom, you get drinks, ice cream, TVs. And you had Mattress Mac, who was pulled from the rotation by MLB because they have a relationship with Mattress Firm. And I'll guarantee you the Astros were hot and they pulled Mattress Mac and he put a video out about it. And, of course, he got promotions and publicity all over the country.
1: Oh yeah, no, th- yeah. <laughs> By getting pulled from throwing the first pitch in the Astros game, Mac was the big winner
0: this weekend. Yes, he <laughs> for, was for sure, for
1: sure. Uh, all right, John. Well, um, let's uh, let's go get a win tonight in baseball. By the time you and I are recording the next podcast, who knows? Maybe it's on to the seventh straight ALCS for the Astros, and um, still, a stock pointed up for the Texans too. I think still, I'm still very excited for the Saints game this weekend. If they're three and three going into the bye week, that that exceeds expectations for you, right?
0: Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll have a column on the Astros Monday, and I have a column on the Texans tonight, and uh, can't wait because it's a can't wait to see this game. Uh, you're right. I want them to sweep this series. I, what I can't believe so far. The Texas Rangers winning two in a row in Baltimore.
1: Crazy. Yeah. And the and the Diamondbacks and the, the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers and the Phillies beat the Braves yesterday. Beat them up so,
0: terrible. By yeah. the way, I give me a quick, let me give you a quick rant. I'm listening to Jim Bowden on MLB Network this morning complaining about the best teams having to play with five days. Off, and it's not fair because they're not sharp. And I'm thinking, why don't you mention it, that it hadn't affected the Astros last year and it didn't affect the Astros in this season? Yeah. But it didn't fit the agenda. So Astros are doing just fine.
1: Maybe those teams aren't that good, Jim. How do you like those? Good How be. do you like them after Good those? point. Maybe, that's right. Maybe they're just not that good. All right, John. Um, Always enjoy it and uh, looking forward thank to you. doing it again. Yep. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. Big thanks to James Jackson, our producer, getting the podcast out to you. Click the subscribe button so you get this automatically. Uh, each and every uh, each and every episode comes straight to whatever device it is you use to listen to your podcast. For James and John, I'm Sean. We are out of time. We will see you later this week on the Utopia Football Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody.